You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we discuss further developments with LeBron James, the NBA, and the situation with China and Hong Kong. We also discuss a true goat in her sport, Simone Biles, and look at the World Series matchup. As usual, we will recap the last week in the NFL and college football and give our picks in key games. And finally, the local Marksman hockey team opened their season with two solid performances. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the hometown crowd. Hello and welcome to Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. I'm Mac. And I am Heather, my four-year-old shouted that he loves 69 in Wendy's. Hi, Smith. Nice. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I've, had, I've been better. Just a lot of stuff going on right now. Well, I mean, Heather? you know. Um, I mean, you know, I kind of had an eventful couple of weeks, so... But I'm all right, I guess. All right. Well, we got a big episode today, so let's get right into it. Uh, last week, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and others had a meeting in China with Adam Silver. In the meeting, LeBron said that they needed to present a unified front on the topic. Later, when in front of later when in front of reporters, LeBron seemed to echo the sentiments of James Harden and others in condemning the comments of Rockets GM Daryl Morey. Boo. LeBron accused Morey of tweeting on the subject he was, quote, uneducated on and had, quote, no consideration for the consequences or ramifications of the tweet. Mac, I know you have a lot of feelings on the subject. Yeah, this is bullshit. Uh, you know, he can sit there and say that Daryl Morey is uneducated about what's going on. But the fact of the matter is there are brave people in China that are literally recording civilians being shot by the Chinese army and paramilitary forces uh, you know to to ensure that they're not just forcefully ripped from their homeland and sent to mainland China where they could rot in prisons um, you know and this is coming from LeBron James a dude who continually breaks my heart um, and uh, a guy I stick up for because I do think it's important that players are empowered uh, and they have a say in how things are done but you've got him out there talking about how Daryl Morey is uninformed. Well, bro, you're just as informed, and you're just bitching because you're not on TV in China right now. So he can just hit... Oh, I, you just, I fucking hate that guy at this point. Um, you know, like, it makes no sense for him to go out and say something like that about somebody else when he knows about as much. You know, so, I mean, I, I'm with Daryl Morey on this one. I think we should be showing solidarity with the people in Hong Kong. Um, and, and to hell with the you know, the financial issues that are arising from it. Yeah, what um, he said. On the other side of it, <laughs> did you see uh, Shaq came out in support of Daryl Morey? Good. Good. And the thing is, I still take Shaq in a fight with LeBron. I think Shaq just fucking beats his face in. He said uh, it was the situation was unfortunate for both parties, but that Daryl Morey was right. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to hear unfortunate. Like, LeBron's good. He's not the one that's going to be, you know, overly affected financially. No. He's still going to make money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he the guy pulls in over, I think, $300, $400 million a year in endorsements alone. So, I mean, he's he's fine. Um, and uh, 
I just I think it's kind of shitty that he's the guy who got a lot going when it came to call out police brutality and uh, you know the 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 issues that you know LeBron and a lot of NBA players were out. In they front were of. all over it. Yeah, but see now this they're just like ho 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 ho. Wait a minute, guys, let's not you know let, let's not jump the gun here. And it's like, dude, fuck you. Heather, you got anything to weigh in on? Um, everything he said. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I haven't really been keeping up with it this week. There's just been a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, no. I mean, I mean, I agree with a lot of what he said. Like, I think that we've got too much. I feel like we have too many fingers in pies in China, and so this is just one thing where we're no. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean that that's the biggest thing is, you know, the NBA and Adam Silver have, have been this this kind of very progressive movement within, you know, American sports and this is this is setting it back. Yeah. Well, from one person with a claim of goat status to someone who is the clear goat of her sport, uh, Simone Biles took home gold on the balance beam at the gymnastic world cup or world championships in Stuttgart last week. Mm-hmm. With the gold, the 22-year-old became the most decorated gymnast in history. Heather, Biles is clearly the goat of gymnastics, but does she have a claim to the goat in all of sports? Um, well, I, I'm not going to go that far because y'all know I love me some Simone Biles, but definitely in that, in that world, absolutely. Because, what, she's got four different moves named after her that nobody Yeah, it has seems been like every to... other day there's a new uh the Simone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like um because her um uh, her floor and her vault scores is what led Team USA to get in their fifth straight team gold. And so by doing that she surpassed the Russian legend uh Svetlana Korkina as the most decorated mm. Uh, fe- uh, female gymnast in world championship history so like she is just it, from what I've read or whatever like they're, they're just like she's not human they uh, you know other gymnasts just are completely just dumbfounded at how she's able to pull the shit off that she does yeah and well, she, I'm saying she she's, she's easily the best athlete we've seen in a long time and let's face it how do Americans look at success wins baby and nobody mm-hmm. wins like Simone does, so. <laughs> yeah, well, she had beat, she beat out uh, Vitaly Sherbo of Belarus. So that's who had the record before. Um, so, yeah, she's just so amazing. And like she was saying, when she did it, after she did her routine, you know, she thought, you know, oh, you know, okay, I might get like a 14.8, 14.9. So she's like clearly trying to undersell herself a little bit. But, um but apparently it's she called got, being humble. It's yeah. called being humble. Yeah, exactly. Humble brag. Humble brag. Exact. Total humble brag. Uh, but she saw it, but you know, she got a 15 and she like, normally she's really stoic. Like when she sits on the sidelines, looking at the scores or whatever, but like after she got those scores, like she was like jumping around and she was super excited. So like, good for her. Good for yeah. her. I mean, and that's that's the thing, though, is she's never going to get her proper due because she doesn't play football or basketball. No. You know, I mean, it. No, but you know what? You know, we're going to give it to her here. 
Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Simone, you're the best all-around athlete in my book. Mm-hmm. And I know that doesn't count for shit, but... And a great role model. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shit, dude. Like, I, people bitched about, like, Michael Phelps and stuff. It's like, bro, he smoked pot. Who cares? <laughs> might, might have had sex with a tranny. Who cares? You know, but he's not like, uh, you know, like Ryan Lockie, who's saying, I got jumped in Brazil when he just got smashed and looked like shit in the pool the night before, you know? Um, but, like, Simone Biles just seems like, like, she did, like, the celebrity uh, softball game mm-hmm. for the All-Star game, you know, Major League Baseball All-Star game, and, like, she did her first pitch tonight at the World Series, uh, and we're about to we're about to get there. Yeah, well, she did like a flip and then threw the ball. So, I mean, like, she's if you're looking at like somebody you want to steer your children to kind of emulate, like Simone Biles is probably who you want to go with. Well, speaking of the World Series, yesterday kicked off the series. Uh, the Astros of Houston hosted the Washington Nationals for Game One, and the Nationals took a one zero lead. Yeah, uh, but it was a close game. I watched the whole thing. It was. It was 5-4. Yeah. Uh, Washington stole a game on the road, and uh, they put up all five runs against uh, starter Gary Cole. Yeah, Gary Cole. Gary Cole, sorry. Um, it's a matchup of extremely strong pitching, but it, it seems like the batting has taken the forefront. Uh, no, I mean, that's the thing. The Nationals' bullpen is, is trash. Um, you know, they, they've got Scherzer and Strasburg, who's just pitching out of his mind. Um I'd say that overall, like if you're looking at just defensively, offensively pitching, Houston's a better squad. But you know, Nat- the Nationals were the worst team in baseball in late May, and now they're in the World Series because they caught fire and just started, you know, bludgeoning teams with their bats. So it's and- pretty similar to what the Blues did last year on the road to the Stanley yeah. Cup. I think they were in last place starting in January yep. and then ended up winning it all. Um, Tonight's game two, and right now in the top of the seventh, Washington's up 3-2 on Houston. I mean, they got to Cole early, and they got to uh, Verlander early tonight as well. And I'll tell you right now that uh, Soto, he's 20 years old, plays for the Nationals, and he's just a beast. And then you got Rendon, who is going to probably clear $200, $250 million as a free agent next year, or in this offseason, you know. So, I mean, it's Washington's got the talent, uh, you know, and and everybody was just lamenting the loss of Bryce Harper, but overall the team got a lot better once he left. And that's the super irony of it. You lose your star player, and you make it to the World Series, and you're in a good position to, I mean, potentially sweep the series. Yeah, yeah. If they if they take those two games in Houston, and let's face it, Houston's not going to stop. Like they they went down to the to the very last pitch, you know, yesterday. Um, you know, if they can take those two in Houston. They dominate in Washington, so I mean, we very well could see it. Well, last week in uh, week seven of the NFL, the biggest news of the week came when Patrick Mahomes suffered a dislocated kneecap oh, Thursday God. night. I have him on both my fantasy teams. Uh... <laughs> the team did say that Mahomes suffered no major damage and is expected to return after three weeks. I think I read he was actually throwing passes at practice yeah, today. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, man, I, I saw the same thing. I saw the same thing. I would I would still keep him sat, let him recover. You know, I, they, they're going to make the playoffs. Not with, if he gets hurt again. Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right. Wait, but, wait, I mean, wait, as wait things are now, they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, wait, let Mac, him recover. Wait, Mac, didn't I say there was going to be four episodes that he was going to be like playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, what, is this one 
too. Yep. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. But yeah, I mean, definitely. Like the thing is with Mahomes, let him sit. Let him make you know make sure that that knee stabilized. Because I mean, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Coming back three weeks after dislocated kneecap. No. All right. I, I did that on a jump, and I was I was out for almost two months. Yeah. You know, and granted, I'm not the athlete with the support staff that Patrick Mahomes has, but like that, it, it is just it's really uncomfortable because your knee just it doesn't feel set until like you're completely healed up. Um, I mean, it took Patrick Mahomes getting hurt for the Kansas City Chiefs to figure out how to play defense, um, which was cute. Like, if I'm Pat, I'm sitting in the locker room like, what the fuck have you guys been doing for two years, you know? Like, can I, can I get some help? Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, he's, the game's a lot better when he's out on the field, and I think you just sit him, let him heal up, and then just roll the dice with Matt Moore, maybe give Luke Falk a call, you know, just... I mean, he was cut. Yeah, you know, he needs a job because, I mean, he's starting to linger around the apartment complex again, Tim. I, I have noticed some noise upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's the the Chiefs. I mean, look at the AFC West right now. It's a it's a fucking dumpster fire. Like the Chargers went from this really talented team who just couldn't get over the hump to just be like, you look at them right now and you're just like, what the fuck? Um, the Raiders are starting to surge a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if, if they can get together and and say Mahomes doesn't come back a hundred percent, like they can make up room. I mean, I'm still not sold on uh, them having any kind of like like a deep run only because of the talent level yeah but i mean Carr is still completing like 70 percent of his passes but the guy i mean look at that fumble he did last weekend you know he makes a lot of boneheaded decisions still but that that running back that they have from alabama is just just keep feeding him the ball man um and they're getting good production from uh waller who's a wideout i hadn't heard of until like two weeks ago um and and you know they're young tight ends so i mean maybe gruden's putting it together you know, um, apparently Michael Bennett is on their radar, so they might try and swing a trade with New England. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, like you know, I, the AFC West. We we talked about our divisional previews, and it just it's somebody just kind of tossed a grenade in that hole, and we're just like, all right, fuck it at this point. Yeah, Let's but speaking about um, but speaking about Bennett though, like, isn't he coming off of a uh, off of a suspension? Yeah, I mean that's because he talks shit to Jared Mayo. <laughs> so Belichick and Mayo were like, "All right, you're gonna sit this week." And then Bennett came out and said, "Yeah, I didn't take anything away from a one-game suspension." So uh, his time in New England's about spent. You know? Yeah, yeah, because I saw that it was for conduct detrimental to the team. So. Yeah, and and for Bill, that could be anything. That could be anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, they were gonna they were supposed to run a four-three when they picked Bennett up. Uh, they're not running it anymore. They're running a three-four. Uh, and it's it's working, obviously. New England's got the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it would make sense. Get something back for him. Uh, he's got a high cap number next year. So he could easily be traded or swapped for, like, a third rounder. And then, you know, Bob's your uncle. You actually got something back for three games from Michael Bennett. So... Uh, taking a quick look around the NFL last week, the Ravens scored a big win against the Seahawks, winning 30-16 in Seattle. Uh, the Saints continue to roll, beating Chicago Ooh. on the road to improve to 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots shut out the Jets, who returned Sam Darnold to the field last week when they obliterated the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, what stood out to you guys this week? I mean, just the Saints, that, that win. Uh, 
Teddy's managing to feel you can tell he's getting a little more comfortable I think once Kamara is back at 100% Heather and you could probably school me on this a little more but what once he gets 100% I, I think that offense is gonna be really good until till Breeze gets back yeah but see Breeze um, is talking about coming back this week oh again I'd let him to. sit he wants I would let to. him sit make sure he's 100% and just roll no, with Teddy here's, I mean, the, thing. here's to... the thing it's not letting him sit it's making him sit because you uh, can, Sean Payton you, is the boss, not, Heather. Yeah, but did you not see is him on the sidelines that game? Like it, it every game that he has been to, and they've cut to him on the sidelines. You, it literally looks like like he is physically restraining himself to get on the field. Well, yeah, he's a competitor, but again, Payton. It, like if you're looking at domineering dictator like coaches, it's Bill Belichick than Sean Payton, um, and Payton can just tell him, "Hey, bitch, sit down." Like, and what's what's Breeze going to say? Uh, you know, he's always been a good teammate, and he's always been a guy that's like I, I listen to and respect my coaches. But I mean, if I'm Peyton, you know, Drew, you can sit, sit, strengthen the hand, make sure you're good. Uh, you know, have those good practice reps before I put you back out on the field. Well, I mean, and on top of that, just well, look at the Baltimore game too. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Heather. Here's the thing, though. But like, they're playing the Cardinals at New Orleans. So, I mean, I don't see a reason for them to not try Breeze on a couple of snaps there. See how he's feeling. Maybe exactly. do a preseason type. Exactly. Give him a couple. I, I, okay, yeah, give him a couple series and then put Teddy back in there. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would make sense. But, I mean, I just, Breeze is one of those, like, he's a generational talent. Like, that, that's a guy you want to make sure is back before you throw him to the, you know, to the wolves, so to speak. Not that the Cardinals are the wolves, but. I would not, no. It, yeah <laughs> but i mean like that baltimore game was really something else yeah. i think uh we're starting to see the holes in, in the, with the seahawks defense that you can beat them deep uh yeah. and it's not even it, it, it it's, it's like it's so easy look at lamar jackson who one throws a much better deep ball than an intermediate or short ball like yeah. he was just connecting and just smoking those guys um and then when you look at what he did on the ground holy fuck like he he looked like a video game I, th I think they're starting to call it a double-triple. Um, quarterback yeah. who has two stats with triple digits or more. Yeah. Uh, so passing and running. And I think Lamar's already got two or three this season. I'm, I'm not surprised. The guy, I just, I like, I love them last season. I was really high on him going into the offseason and when the season started. And he's showing that he deserves that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of praise and, 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 and you know, uh, I guess recognition for what yeah. he's doing. You know, so I mean, it's uh, Baltimore. I mean, at this rate, the North AFC North is Baltimore's to lose. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. Well, for you, <laughs> but I mean, when you get down to it, Baltimore's playing good on in all three facets of the ball, where Cleveland doesn't do really hasn't played any of them well the last no. few weeks. So, um, no, but we're gonna win this week. Okay, yeah. Keep telling yourself that, um, but. I mean, uh, New England Jets, I'll tell you right now, what really surprised me is they came out of the gates hot offensively and then just fell off the fucking face of the earth. Um, that was not a good offensive showing. Yeah. You know, that was an outstanding defensive showing. But our offense shows, like, has shown we still have a lot of work to do. And, I mean, let's talk about some of the off-the-field stuff. They did make an effort to make some changes there. Uh, they traded for... Uh, Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu. Um Another record product. Uh, Bill Belichick loves Rutgers players for whatever reason. 
<laughs> Has he looked at Rutgers football? Yeah, but these are all Shiano guys. These are all guys that played when Rutgers actually had that nice little snapshot of success with Gray Shiano. Um, but I, I mean, there's a lot of talk me take that position again at Rutgers. Yeah. Oh man. With Ash gone. <laughs> That guy, he must hate himself. Yeah, there's no way in hell I take that job right now. <laughs> like, if I'm a coordinator at the college level, you're like, hey, man, hey, uh, Mike, uh, Rutgers is calling. The AD wants to talk to you. I'll be like, I'm sick. Just, <coughs> I got the black lung. Tell him I'm not long for this world. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a good pickup. Uh, apparently... Josh Gordon felt he was supposed to play this week. They put him on IR, and then he pretended he didn't knew about didn't know about it, which I highly doubt that. You know, New England's pretty well organized. Yeah, uh, but and I honestly, saw, I though, but I saw though they're pretty much saying like he's pretty much done at New England. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that too. A couple people are saying that he's going to uh, um, be traded. Mm. Um, I don't know how that works when you're on injured reserve, mm. but um, I mean. You can only get so much production out of Gunnar Olszewski, who was an undrafted free agent from Bemidji State, it's a Division II school, <laughs> and he played cornerback in college. Um, and and then you got Welker, uh, Philip Dorsett Jr. Like he's he's really, I guess, stepped up his game since they brought him over from Indy, but he's still not, you know, he's not the number one. Um, you know, Nikhil Harry, like if he could just get on the field, I think that would help out a lot. And if they can just find a, a tight end, like I, I like what Ben Watson did. He blocked well, uh, caught a couple big passes for first downs. But, I mean, we need somebody. The Patriots need somebody who can stretch a field, and, and right now we don't have it. Um, and on top of that, Sony Michelle needs to learn how to fucking run the football again because he averaged like 2.3 yards a carry on Monday night. Uh, and they rode him for 12 weeks last year. So, I mean, it's you could tell that the offense is struggling. But it's it's easy to win when you have a defense that's just playing lights out. Other off the field news: Jalen Ramsey got traded to the Rams. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders got traded to the Niners. Uh, any any takes on there? Yeah, I mean Sanders. Uh, the Niners needed something. They've got some. Uh, uh, you know, they've got some some holes they needed. You know, they had at the wide receiver position. Um, and when you get down to it, you know they're they're undefeated. Uh, they they see an opportunity to to go deep into the playoffs, and having a little extra wideout help, especially like Sanders, who's been you know been a good uh, good wide receiver. You know that that's that's a big pickup. Uh, the Ramsey one, I mean, for me the Rams have so many other needs other than cornerback, but it makes sense. You move Peters out, clear his cap space, and bring in Jalen Ramsey. But see now they're going to have to pay him. Um, which I think is going to be kind of difficult when he's going to want big cornerback money, and they need they need to invest heavily in their offensive line if they don't want Jared Goff to become, you know, scat you know shell shocked from getting the shit beat out of him. Um, so I mean, it's I, I think it's smart. I think it's a good trade. Uh, you know, getting a cornerback like Jalen Ramsey is always a win. But there, there's a lot. There's a lot of other things the Rams need to do to kind of get out of the funk they're in than just getting Jalen Ramsey. So what do you make of these rumors that uh, Tom Brady's out at New England? Boo, give me a break. Have you heard about all those? I I saw Schefter, you know, breathing that into life, and I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck up. I I doubt he leaves. Uh, Apparently the discussion is that his house is up for sale. 
uh, his trainer's house is up for sale. Yeah. And uh, the gym that he owns is up for sale too. Yeah. Uh, he's he's not leaving. I I think him and Belichick will be riding together until they both retire. I mean. So he hasn't he hasn't said anything during like your pillow talk conversations. No, no. I mean, when we're cuddling post coitus, Heather, he hasn't said anything to me, and that's when he's most honest. Okay. 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 I'm just Um, making sure. Just making sure you know that your lines of communication are open. That's all. Yes, we do. It's two way street, you know. So we're 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 always talking. Okay. Um, Okay. But no, I mean, I there there's I don't think we're gonna have like a Johnny Unitas, Joe Namath type thing where at the end of their careers they go and and just. You know, I mean, honestly, Johnny U in a Charger uniform was awful, but they they needed something to put asses in seats, you know. But um, I, 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 I if anything, I could see him and like Giselle buying a fucking palatial estate in like Brazil or you know Los Angeles, um, and just getting out of the Northeast, you know. So, I mean, athletes buy and sell property quite often. I, I, I mean, I to me, this is reading a little bit too in, into this. You know, after the season, he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Okay. Like, if it comes from him, yeah. well, fuck, Tom Brady's gone. And now I'm stuck with Jared Stidham, you know. One last piece of rumor, a um, little bit close to Mac and I, uh, the Urban Meyer to the Cowboys talk. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I loved it because, like, and Heather, you can back me up on this. Uh, you, you've heard Ohio State fans that – are just like fucking he'll never go coach anywhere else this was his dream job no it wasn't ohio state was not his dream job notre dame i've been one of those guys notre dame was his dream job oh god okay he also really liked florida too yeah he and he also really liked utah and he was really liked bowling green when he was there he's a coaching nomad like this guy's not gonna sit down at an administrative level behind a desk oh hell no. all right hell no he's gonna be on a sideline yeah but do you think a guy like him can work under jerry jones why Jerry Jones fucking worked with Jerry jo- uh, Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy John like Urban Meyer is not one of those guys. Like he knows uh, he's not going to have whole, total control of that team. It's going to be a Jones, whether it's Jerry or Steven. You know, Urban Meyer will not be making personnel calls. Mm-mm. You know, no, uh, he'll know. To... He'll know who signs his checks. Yeah, he's going to know who Daddy is. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> big checks. Well, yeah, I mean. I, I can see Urban trying to give it a shot in the NFL, but I mean, honestly, he can sit there and say, I'm not going to USC all day long, but when Southern Cal fucking fires Clay Helton. Oh, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be the first person they call. And you know who else I think is full of shit? That uh, Florida State AD who's like, man, if Willie McTaggart went and got hit by a bus, we would not call Urban Meyer. Bullshit. You wouldn't even wait till Willie's cold before you made that fucking phone <laughs> exactly. call. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Wait, what happened? Hold on, I got Urban on the other line. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, it, let's don't lie. You know, it, it, the thing is, there's going to be some big programs out there who maybe don't do as well, and and they're going to make that phone call. Like you, you're obligated to as an athletic director to to make that call and see what he says. At least try it. Yeah, because I mean, I think we can all agree he is not the guy who's going to stay off the sideline long. No. Well, that brings us to the biggest game of last week. Uh, the NFC matchup between Dallas and Philadelphia. Jesus Christ. Both teams entered the game 3-3, three and three, tied for first in the division. Dallas dominated the game, yeah. winning 37-10 and taking control. What did you see there? Uh, that Philly is not the same team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, they just looked 
they look clueless. Like Carson Wentz looked like he's taken three steps back. Um, I mean, that offensive line needs work. The defensive line needs work. Or, yeah, and the, the defensive line needs work. Nelson Aguilar, I guess, doesn't have the ability to catch a football, although he is on an NFL roster uh, listed as a wide receiver. Um, he's worse than the guys catching kids out of the burning house. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, that team is just, I don't know what happened, the drop off uh, after that Super Bowl, but the hangover typically shouldn't last, you know, two seasons yeah. afterwards, you know. I mean, I just, I don't know. And then uh, how does the Cowboys, I mean, like, how do the Cowboys go from losing to the Jets and then just opening it up a fucking can of whoop ass on the, on the, you know, the Eagles like that? Like, I just don't get the team at all. Well, my favorite meme of the week was from that game, and it was, you know, the it, it was the, like, quad one, and it had, like, just the bushes, and it said, Cowboys, you know, week four, Cowboys week five, Cowboys week six, and it's still just the blank, like, bush, and then, like, what, seven, week seven, you see Homer out, and he's got- Homer like, come out? <laughs> yeah, and he's got, like, his, his, uh- his cowboys regalia on and he's like oh we didn't boys we back super bowl bail yep yep <laughs> i mean and that that, that sums up a, a cowboys fan it really does i mean they they are loud and boisterous things get bad and then they don't want to talk no, anymore they're gone. yeah yeah Real quiet you know so, for some reason oh yeah mm-hmm. and and it's just like dude shut the fuck up like I, the thing is if you are that manic of a team where we're one week you're losing uh, to the Jets, who've shown that they are just completely outclassed and easily a bottom three or four team in the NFL. Um, and then you come out and just, you know, do the fucking people's elbow onto the Eagles. You know, I mean, like, you, that is not a consistent team. And consistency week in, week out is the sign of a really good team. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the Cowboys, I just, fuck. Like, that, I mean, that's all you can say about them is I, I just don't get, like, they could they could go on a run like they did last year. And, and end up winning 11, 12 games, or they're a nine and seven team, winning the wor- you know one of the worst divisions in football. So, mm-hmm. well, let's get to our picks for the NFL this week. Uh, we'll start with what I think is probably a, a lot more interesting of a matchup that I think people are giving credit for. Um, the The 49ers play host to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Niners are undefeated, while the Panthers started 0-2, but they won all four games under backup Kyle Allen. Yep. And a lot of people are starting to wonder if maybe Cam doesn't have a job when he comes back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just sat him. I mean, why? Why not? Why mess with what's working? Um, they do need to start blocking a lot better because McCaffrey is, is your – that should be the focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should easily have 100 yards every week, you know, split between rushing and receiving – and last week, like, he scored some touchdowns, but, like, he only had, like, it wasn't one of those big games. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, Kyle Allen, if you're winning, why change it, you know? So, Mac, let's start with you. The The Niners are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like in this one? I mean, the Niners' defense is just so good. <laughs> They've been drafted defensive linemen yeah. really well. Um, you know, but, like, I got it. The, the weather sucked. Uh, last week, the offense kind of bogged down. Um, nine to nothing. Yeah, yeah nine nothing against the Redskins. Like this shouldn't be a nine nothing game. They should have opened up the playbook, you know. Um, but I mean, I really like Christian McCaffrey. That dude is stupid fucking talented, and it's just not fair. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with the upset and call the Panthers on this one. I think McCaffrey is a big-time deal-breaker. And if they can just – the Panthers can just stymie that defensive line and get McCaffrey into space, you know, there's a chance for big plays. Heather, what do you think? This is going to sound like vinegar coming out of my mouth, or it's going to taste like vinegar. Excuse me. That's <laughs> Listen, that's how much it discombobulates me to say it. But um, I'm going to have to go with the Panthers on this one. Just because I feel like Eric Reed has a bone to pick. And I feel like that's going to come out because this is the first time he's played his former team. And, uh, yeah, and so, like, he, he didn't say, like, he's not using the words like revenge or bitter or anything like that. It's all he has said is, I just don't forget. And so... Um, I think that that's going to be kind of a big thing because he plays strong safety or whatever. But also, too, what you were saying about McCaffrey, like, I just, I think that that partnered with that, I think it, I think that could be an upset for sure. Yeah, you could, you can go ahead and rinse your mouth out now. Like, I understand that's upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm with you guys. Um, Carolina leads the league in sacks. And I think they'll get to Garoppolo enough. He'll make some mistakes. Um McCaffrey's firing on all cylinders. Kyle Allen hasn't been spectacular, but he's won games. Yeah, I mean, he's steady. Like, he's throwing for 250 yards a game. He's not throwing, intercept, like, a lot of interceptions. And he's doing a good job, you know, a good job of, of managing the, the game. Yeah. And that's all you can ask a young quarterback who's, you know, essentially filling in. Whether that happened, like, he keeps a job or not, I guess we'll see. But, you know, um, I, I mean, I just, I think this is this is one of those games where the Niners could get caught up on. Yeah, so I think we're all taking the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, second game of the week, uh, lost a lot of its luster last week when Mahomes went down with the injury, but Green Bay and Kansas City are still two solid teams. Um, solid, huh? Green Bay solid? <laughs> I swear, since week one, those guys have just been on like this upward trajectory, uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers is a, you know, he's back to being his MVP candidate self, so... The Chiefs enter with a five and two record. Um, the Packers are six and one, and Aaron Rodgers had a Madden style performance last week with six touchdowns mm-hmm. and a hundred and fifty eight point three perfect QBR. Uh, Heather, we'll start with you. The Chiefs are a four point home dog. Uh, can they still compete without Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I think so. I think that they've got the tools to do it. That- and I'm going to be completely honest. I'm only pulling for the Chiefs because my stepdad is a huge Chiefs fan. So, like... We never claim that we're unbiased. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. But, yeah, no, I think I think they'll... I think they'll rally. Uh, might be a little late in it, but, yeah. I just... Oh, unless, you know, unless, you know, fucking Rogers decides to turn it into a clinical, so... Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and answer you with no. Uh, <laughs> Rodgers is going to fucking just destroy this team. The defense isn't that good. Um, I think you lose a lot of your offensive playmaking ability when Mahomes is up. I mean, Matt Moore, no. He scouted Kyler Murray, okay? That's what he was doing last year. He scouted Kyler Murray. He wasn't even on a roster. Uh, but, I mean, Rodgers has found his stride. Those wide receivers, uh, again, the best-named wide receiver court in the fucking NFL – uh, they all seem to have three names and a hyphen, and uh, one of them's name is Geronimo. So, again, best name receiving core in the NFL. But 
I just and they're running the ball well too. Their defense is so much better than it was. You know, I just think without Mahomes that, that you know, saying the Kansas City is going to win this game is is just crazy. So I'm going Green Bay. Yeah, yeah this one. Yeah, this one. Like I said, I'm kind of falling on my sword on this one. So, but you know, it's, picking it out of personal. It's for life. pop. <laughs> it's for we're, pop. We're we're gonna get to that in a second here, because okay. uh, I'm gonna make a very stupid decision. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah, but are. just just as an update coming into this week, uh, Heather is our Heather and Tim are tied for our pick leads with 18 and 11 record. Can yeah. we Matt hold on? Wait a not, second. Stop. Stop. Why are you referring to yourself in third person? I'm just reading off the page. Because he's the Tim. He's the Tim. Okay, go ahead. The Tim, yeah. Mac had a very poor NCAA performance last week going 0-4. He is two games behind at 16 and 13. Well, you know what? There's plenty of season, all right, and I will go on a roll, and I will eventually probably still be in last place, so... (laughs) Let's get to our last NFL game of the week, uh, which is only on our slate because it's Max team versus my team. Uh, Cleveland traveling to Foxborough. Uh, <laughs> even entering the season, we had called this a loss for the Browns. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was before all the issues. We've had issues on offensive line, um, but our cornerbacks, Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, should be back this week. Um Mac, we know who you have in this game, mm-hmm. but let's talk about where Cleveland can compete. Well, I mean, the thing is, is Nick Chubb's going to get yards on the ground. He's shown he could run against anybody, and he doesn't need a big hole to run through. I mean, let's face it, new, you know, Cleveland's offensive line probably couldn't block us very well right now. Uh, but Nick Chubb's racking up yards, and he's that talented where he can he can make yards where there aren't any. Um, and, the you know, Cleveland's defense can make them very one-dimensional by, by limiting – you know, like I said, Sonny Michelle only averaged a little over two yards a carry last week, and he has not been, you know, the factor in the offense that he was at the end of last season. So making them one-dimensional, it, it's it's really important. Um, so you know, it's there, there. There's a way to do it, but this is where there's a big difference between the Pats and the Browns. The Browns don't know how to win when the chips are down. They have no clue how to do it. The Patriots can grind out a game like they did against Buffalo. Um, I mean, fuck, when you get down to it, it you know, the, the Browns don't know how to win when they're supposed to. <laughs> I mean, they should have dominated a really bad Tennessee team. Yeah. And, you know, they got dominated in turn. So, I mean, it's, you know, coaching goes a long way, and Freddie Kitchens isn't a good coach yet. So, I mean, that, that's going to be the two deciding things. Um, and let's face it, the Browns' offense, you know, outside of Chubb, hasn't looked that great, and you're going up against a team that's perfected the cover zero uh, and have good enough defensive backs to where they could either limit yards after catch or completely stop your, you know, their opponent's uh, wide receiver's ability to catch the ball and just pin their ears back. And, and I mean, because New England's second in the league in sacks. So, you know, it's unless Freddie's, like, really on top of his game, I just don't see him winning. Heather, what's your take? Listen, I am not about to make a stupid pick on this one because I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not I think that's a trap and I'm not gonna do it um yeah no I'm definitely going for the Patriots on this one because I'm sorry this is oh my god this is kind of like a Juco team playing like <laughs> Penn State like that's that's 
what this is. And so, and I know that the Browns have so many LSU boys, but I just, I can't. They, they're getting a free trip to Foxborough, so... That's well, you know I can't pick against my Browns. I know the Patriots are going to win this game. Um, I'm just hoping maybe they cover the 13-point spread and uh, at least make it interesting. I mean, I feel like I, don't I feel know. like they're going to pray for 13, and that's about as close as they're going to get. But that's that's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's they 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 are going to need to play the best game of their season to keep it close. Yeah. Um, and I, I just that offensive line for the you know for the Browns it just I think Baker's going to end up scampering around trying to make something happen and turn the ball over quite a bit. Um, you know, New England forced five turnovers. Uh, you know, on Monday night, so like they they're leading the league in turnovers as well. Like you can't make mistakes against that defense this year. Uh, you know, it wasn't like it was two three years ago where it was kind of more bend don't break. You know, right. so but I mean this is. It would be huge for the Browns if they could pull this off. I just don't think that they that those players are coached well enough to do that yet. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's turn to college football. Uh, week 8, we had uh, the biggest upset, potentially, second biggest upset of the season. Uh, Illinois upsets Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Clemson continues to win and continues to fall. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. They're, they're, they're sc- like, scuffling. To, to, to victory you know it's not like their usual domineering self um, but man that game Etienne had though holy shit uh, 14 carries 192 yards <laughs> like that's ridiculous it's not even fair <laughs> um, and Penn State survived Michigan who I have to give them credit they didn't give up in that game no but I, you know, I'm not going to say survived uh, that game it was a 7 point game but it wasn't close you know they Michigan was dominated in every facet of that game. Uh, it's just you can tell Penn State kind of took their foot off the gas uh, towards the end. Um, I mean, and what we all heard when when you know the sanctions sit on Miss Shea Patterson's going to transfer to Michigan and it's going to completely transform that team. Uh, you know, and he did. He had a couple good games against you know the Alabama. You know where he you know threw for like four hundred something yards and, right. and Ole Miss put up forty something points. But he hasn't done shit since he got to Ann Arbor. Um, and, uh, you know, I wonder if, if Jim Harbaugh realizes that may be the hill he fucking stands on. Uh, you know, Shea Patterson, he's going to be my quarterback and lead Michigan into the fucking promised land, and it just might lead him to the fucking unemployment line. Yeah. You know, so. We'll, we'll talk about his issues here in a little bit. You know, I did not know that Shea Patterson was from Shreveport. I learned that yeah. when I was watching that game. I was like, oh, that's a local boy. Yeah. Yeah, poor local boy, freezing his ass off poor up in the middle of nowhere. Listen, that poor Maybe boy. Maybe that's the problem. Is that that's what it really is. He's too cold. Play up there. He's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't do well. You, Listen, we don't. Last week. We don't do. Don't, we don't do, do well. Don't do well in the snow. Over, you know, it. Uh, I'm sorry. In temperatures under like 60 degrees, we don't. We don't. Do well. <laughs> and see, that's why I've always advocated one of the major balls needs to be moved to like Lambeau. Or something, yeah. just one of them, because all these teams, you know, th- they talk about how the SEC dominates the Big Ten, but those games are taking place in January, but in like much warmer temperatures than those teams have been playing in. Flip the script. I just, I really, I love that the the bowl game they've been holding in like Yankee Stadium, 
like the last couple years they've had to like bring in plows to get snow off the field but it's always like northwestern it's some other like northern team so they're just like yeah man this is this is like a tuesday for us it's not a big deal um but yeah i think i think we we like this week we saw that wisconsin uh through multiple head coaches and multiple recruiting coordinators still hasn't figured out how to recruit quarterbacks Mm -hmm. uh because they are completely one-dimensional um they are no threat to pass the ball uh you know they have one receiver who they're like their social media manager like puts up this little graphic on twitter like he had four catches for 77 yards and a touchdown and it's like dude for dominant receivers in the ncaa level that's like one half of football you know so (laughs) anything else stand out to you guys from last week um app app state uh Best team in North Carolina. Best team in North Carolina. They they won the the Sun Belt's first game as a ranked team. Yeah, they they tend to fall into that trap of woo, we're ranked. Yeah, and, and then and now we're not. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I mean that I love I love that app is sitting here showing everybody in North Carolina up. Um, and on top of that, I think we we need to give a little doff of the cap to Mac Brown. Um, and how he's literally competitive at every fucking game and to, you know with nothing like because Larry Fedora could not recruit uh, you know he he left the cupboard pretty bare there uh, and and Mac is just he's taken these games down to the wire I think the four losses combined uh, you know he's lost by 12 points combined so I mean it's he, he's doing good work there and I was one of the guys that was really skeptical about this old man coming out of retirement who hasn't done shit in like 15 years um, but he's he's got Carolina players, you know, buying into it. So I think, you know, I, I give Matt credit. Um, I do think it was a little interesting that Tennessee had Alabama as close as it was. Yeah, they they played what like the first half close, and Something then Bama like did that. Bama yeah. things. Like I just I it you know it's it's fucking Tennessee. Like really. Bama's one of those teams that's kind of gotten off to a slow start in games yeah. this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you get down to it, though, I think they have something to worry about with Tua out because that backup they have didn't look that good. Yeah. Um, he he looked really, like, hesitant to, to take stabs down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, like, a big uh, part of the offense is – control the you know the clock with the great ground game and let's face it alabama just seems to turn out like three running backs every year mm-hmm. um and then take those stabs down the field for big chunk plays and like he just i don't know i wasn't impressed you know yeah. what to his injury means ohio state transfer joe burrow is joe. now the heisman favorite. I, yeah we're getting there <laughs> we're getting there but listen but no hey okay no there there are actually two other games we do need to discuss that i think are worth noting um that KU almost beat Texas. Yeah, I, I hate Texas. I'm I so know. over Texas. Really, I do game. too. But yeah, I, for you know, Les was pulling shit out of the hat again, and yep, and almost worked. I remember for we him. were all texting back and forth during that game, going, it, "Wait, this might actually happen." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Hatter, the Hatter just did. I think that kid that he's got playing quarterback. Um, I, I swear, Les just went up to him and was like, dude, just go out and, like, if you have to draw plays in the dirt, go ahead. Uh, and he's just like, really, coach? He's like, it's fucking Kansas, man. Like, let's just go out and do just, this. Yeah, just fucking, um, just do it. Let's yeah. Let's see what happens. You know? And, but, I mean, I would have loved to have seen them 
knock Texas off because I'm so tired of these Longhorns fans every year knowing you've got a top five recruiting class and you've got the supposedly the, the second coming of uh, offense Jesus and Tom Herman. And every year you fucking drop two games you shouldn't. Um, and can you imagine that one being the second game they dropped? I don't give a fuck who you lost to. You lo- you could be a one loss fucking uh, you know Pac twelve team. You better get in before fucking Texas because Texas you lost to Kansas. Like I would have loved if that would have happened. Yeah. And even then, when you're only beating them by like two fucking points or whatever, that that should show something right there. You know. Yeah. Well, in in the next game that we do need to talk about, uh, that's you know a little more local is the sixth overtime loss for the Tar Heels to Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one where the new uh, overtime rules came into play. And at, which I yep. think is stupid. I think it's so stupid. Yeah. Well, just, and just like, keep it. What I thought was funny is like you could literally see the coaches going over and talking to the refs, and they are like shrugging, like, "What? What do we do?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think Mac did a fucking good job, and I also think uh, Justin Fuente might have worn out his welcome and and. Blacksburg because you know remember his first year at Tech he was an 11 game winner mm-hmm. and then he won 10 it's just progressively yeah. gotten worse and when you're going six overtimes against a team like Carolina mm-hmm. bro you you might want to like dust out the fucking resume type up the new CV you know <laughs> yeah. I just want to jump back real quick to the uh, Texas Kansas game and if Kansas pulls that game out they have a realistic shot at the bowl this year because they'd be three and three yeah with texas tech kansas state and oklahoma state coming up i mean texas tech and uh texas you said texas tech and kansas state and kansas state those are winnable i don't think they got a shot against okie state they end this the end the season with oklahoma state iowa state and baylor i don't think Uh i don't think they're winning those games but they they almost can get close. I mean, the thing is, we saw a five and six, five and seven uh, Nebraska team get into a bowl game two years ago because there weren't enough bowl eligible teams. Yeah. Um, but they did add three more bowls in the last two years. Yeah. So. Well, let's pivot to our week nine picks. Um, we'll start with Mac and I's Ohio State Buckeyes, uh, who are hosting Wisconsin in what was going to be the Big Ten game of the century. Uh, until Wisconsin got upset last week. But Wisconsin's still one of the best defenses in the league, and they have not actually trailed in a game. No, but you know what else they haven't done? Played a, like a dynamic offense yet. No. Um, and I think that's that's where you learn. That's where you find out just how good of a defense you have playing those kinds of dynamic offenses. And I'm not saying you shut them down because some of these offenses are just so good. Like, I, I want to see the team that shuts down like LSU's offense. It's not going to fucking happen, but you can slow it down. Uh, and if you could slow it down to the point where you can uh, keep it manageable, and then your offense comes out and and does work, yeah, you got a chance. But Wisconsin hasn't hasn't played that offense, and let's face it, it's a very one dimensional offense. Um, you know, they have it like an all universe running back. I get it, and he's fucking ridiculously fast and powerful, and is able to make guys miss. But I mean, the Buckeyes. If I were, if I was Ryan Day and the and the defensive coordinators, I'm stuffing the box with eight people every fucking down. 
just uh, shut down Taylor. Yeah, and then try and beat me. Just just try and throw a slant there, QB, because he hasn't shown he can do that. It, it's worth pointing out that uh, Wisconsin has only allowed one more point this season than Ohio State put up at Northwestern last week. Impressive. Um, 53 yeah. points all season. Yeah, but I mean, per game, though, it's not that much different. It's, what, 7.6 points per game, and OSU is 8. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, you know, and that's. I the, mean, this is this is a game between two of the top five defenses in the country. Yeah, yeah. By points allowed. Yeah. But Ohio State is also one of the top five offenses in the country. Yeah, and yeah. and Wisconsin's got a. It's that's easily a bottom twenty offense, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, because they don't they don't pass the ball at all. Uh, you know, I mean, if I honestly, if I was Wisconsin at this point, I'm going to a wing T offense. Like I'm calling up Monken over at the United States Military Academy be like, bro, can I just get your fucking playbook? Because my quarterbacks cannot throw the goddamn ball. Mm-hmm. So just trot out three running backs. I mean, fuck it. You know? So I've got Ohio State this week, Max. Ohio State, nice. And Heather. Yeah, I've got Ohio State. I don't want to, but hear, fine. Here's the vinegar. Yeah, you really can. It's like seeping out between your teeth right now. <laughs> really is. Really Heather, just... let's turn to you for this next one. Uh Number eight, Notre Dame at number 19, Michigan. Uh, Jim Harbaugh continues to struggle in big games, uh, but the Wolverines didn't give up last week. We talked about that in Penn State. Uh, They host Notre Dame this Saturday night in the big house. Uh, Notre Dame enters 5-1, having only fallen to Georgia in Athens in a respectable loss. Um, It's basically a pick-em. Notre Dame's currently favored by one. Heather, does Notre Dame belong in the conversation for the playoffs, or will Harbaugh choke away another big game? Absolutely not. Notre Dame does not need to be in a playoff fucking conversation ever, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, their defense has been fairly steady this season. Um, They've only been giving up, what, 14 to 23 points in all but one of its first five games. Um, and Michigan, their offense has been super erratic. Um, and so, like, I don't... Now, Notre Dame owns the streak of 20 games of allowing 30 or fewer points, which began against LSU in the Citrus Bowl following the 2017 (laughs) season. (laughs) Of course I'm going to make it about me in some way. Um, Of course, yeah. Yeah, um, efficiency is just not has not been a strength for Michigan, uh, just because they've been completing fewer than sixty percent of their passes in five of the, their seven games. So I just I think Harbaugh is really on his way out. Yeah, I mean that's Harbaugh has only won like one game against a ranked opponent since he got to Michigan. Yeah, there um, I, I really feel like they're getting tired of his shit. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't. I think the administration's at the point where even if he is a, a Michigan, you know, legend or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like you have to look at the the, the strength of the program, yeah, or the state of the program, excuse me, and it's it's not good. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're not even a top three in their division team right now. So, I mean, it's at this point. I mean, you're telling Jimmy you're, it's it's Big Ten championship game. Bowl, you know, playoff or bust. You know, you can't 
you know, it's like you know when they, when Michigan fans are like, well, it's a we we won the most games in the rivalry. It's like, bitch, you won once in the last like seventeen years. It's not even yeah. a rivalry anymore. Shut the fuck up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you think they give Harbaugh one more year? I, I think honestly, yeah. I mean, if if yeah, I were the administration, I, yeah, I think they would. I think one more year, and that's it, though. Yeah, and, you know, and if if I were the administration, I just nah, bro, sorry. Yeah. I, the, the issue with Harbaugh is though his agents out amazing and has these stupid ridiculous buyouts, uh, and I think the one for next season it's like seven million dollars, mm. and mm. for this season if he were to be let go it's like nine, um, which I'm still trying to figure out why the fuck do I need to pay you nine million dollars when you sucked so bad I have to fire you you know like that makes no sense to me. Um, Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean I I think Heather's right. They give him another year and it, but it'll be. Big Ten champs, uh, college football playoff, or bust. Like, that's it. You know, anything less than There's that. There's no room for error. No, no. Mm-hmm. And he might not even finish next season. Yeah, I mean, if, if they if they open up the way they have played this year, fuck no, dude. Like, if I'm the AD, I'm just calling his agent, like, yo, tell your boy to clean his fucking office out. Don't even let me see him. Yeah. So, know? I can't pick Michigan in a in a rivalry game. Well, Notre Dame. I can't trust no- Notre Dame's a better team. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's a better team. I would go with UND, and I, and I that kind of like sticks in the craw a bit. But mm-hmm. how do you agree? Yeah, like I mean, they're both like not great to me. So I'm just picking one that doesn't suck as bad. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. All right. That. In our last game of the week, a top ten Tigers matchup. Uh, with number nine Auburn traveling to play number two LSU. <laughs> nice, Heather. Uh, LSU continues to impress with Ohio State transfer Joe Burrow catapulting himself to be he also, favorite. He also has a degree from Ohio State already. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he, he, he's currently the Heisman favorite, and betters are not happy about it. I was actually hearing that they're starting to try to buy people's bets off. Uh, because he was a 200 to one favorite when the season started and now he's the odds on favorite well i mean one he's not just ohio state you know transfer joe burrow he's also america's ash joe burrow which he did he did uh show to the world there was a full moon oh yeah yeah you know Um, what first of all that was not his fault oh i know but again that's america's ass all right um, but yeah, I mean, Burrow, they, they can sit there, but they, he, the guys worked tremendously hard, and he's been, uh, he's only gotten better every game he's played at LSU, like he really has, and you can see that offense just get more and more, it just, it's easier and easier for him to run, and these guys know exactly where they're supposed to be, they're, like, they're doing everything that they weren't doing, you know, three seasons ago, mm-hmm. you know, they, they know how to play offense now, it's not like a struggle to watch LSU play offense, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like I, I guarantee you, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he won the Heisman. Just the numbers he's putting up are stupid good. Well, yeah. And he's just got. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's just got a great command of that offense. Like you could, mm-hmm. he's locked in. Well, and two, like if you're gonna compare him, like say to Bo Nix, even though you know I know it's Bo Nix is a freshman or whatever, but like Joe Burrow is throwing. He's got what. He's got almost 2,500 yards and 29 touchdowns just yeah. this season. Just this season. As opposed to Bo Nix, who has 1,300 yards and 11 scores for Auburn. 
So like, yeah. Yeah. It, isn't uh, Burrow already the single season LSU record yes. for touchdowns? Yes. Yeah, and it's only yeah. week nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, listen, we he, he, he's kind of good. Yeah, he's kind of good, mean. and he's he's kind of what we've been praying for for a long time. So, um, yeah. You're so, welcome. Shut up. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. How quarterback starved has LSU been when I when you get down to it, the two seasons he's going to play, he'll probably set every significant LSU passing record, yeah. and and not just year to year, but you know, like over the course of a collegiate career. Yeah, um, and like we really haven't had like that kind of a quality quarterback since Jamarcus Russell. And that's saying something because he really only had one quality year, yeah, exactly. uh, which is what made Al Davis fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, when you look at LSU, you've got this offense that, uh, honestly, who's everybody who's tried to stop it has failed, um, and the defense is the typical LSU defense: big, mm-hmm. fast, very aggressive. Um, you know, makes Ed start speaking in tongues and headbutting cars like he gets so excited. Uh, but I think that's just called Tuesday. Yeah, that's like a Tuesday for Ed. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I mean LSU, like that. That's I, I you know, I, I, I would be reticent to really pick against them the rest of the season. Yeah, and to and like this is a huge rivalry game. It's a huge rivalry game. We because we call it the Tiger Bowl, obviously, um, because Auburn can't figure out who the fuck they are. But whatever. Yeah, War Eagle. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> But we're the Tigers. <laughs> but we're the Tigers. Uh, so, yeah, and, like, because we first started playing them in 1902, you know, so, like, it, it goes back a really, really long way. There's there's always something that happens at an LSU-Auburn game. Um, you've got, uh, what was it? It was in uh, 1994 where, like, I think we, who, no, Auburn won. Auburn won. It was 30 to 26. But like dozens of players were hospitalized for dehydration. So like it that is sounds about right. Yeah. So Football like, in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And uh and then of course obviously there's the earthquake game from nineteen eighty eight, yeah. you know, where a, you know, the crowd noise was so loud in Death Valley that it registered an earthquake. Um in Louisiana. So it's always this big thing. Ninety six, you had the barn burn. Um, I don't. I and like I can still remember watching that on TV, where you know, like, it was in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, and um, there was this literally like this fire on a building behind the stadium. And <laughs> Shit. The, yeah, like they were as high as the upper deck at at a Jordan Hare stadium. Like it was ridiculous. And this, the, the, the cause, I guess they're saying is like somebody put a grill too close to the building, one of the tailgaters. So it caught on fire. So anyways, they call it the barn burner. Um, so yeah, so there's always that. And it's just, it's such a good game every year. Like it's super, super close. Um, last year we came back to win it by one point. So like, it's definitely going to be a very comparable game to that we played to Florida, for sure. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd even say just with the LSU strength on on the defensive side of the ball, playing a rook, or you know a freshman quarterback mm-hmm. who can be flummoxed pretty easily depending on the schemes. I mean, this could be the year that LSU just hangs one up. You know, yeah, the just, spread's actually ten and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, it, LSU's just firing all cylinders, and I, I just, I mean, it, it, like Heather said, it's a rivalry game. It always comes down to a couple possessions, but I would not be surprised if like Burrow just comes out and fucking drops like 400 yards another five touchdowns and <laughs> yeah yeah and um, like I, this I will, will s- definitely like decide like the west for sure yeah so yeah i mean i i do think there's a little bit of a I, i'm not even gonna say trap because i think lsu wins this game yeah but I, I do think that maybe lsu looks ahead a little bit at alabama in two weeks maybe doesn't come out as strong I mean, I, I don't know, man. Orgeron, as much as I make fun of him, you know, he, he seems to have this team prepped every week. Um, and when you've got an experienced quarterback like he's got, it, you know, it's it's easy to not have that happen. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I think LSU's going to give as good as they got, you know, can against Bama. And I really think that game is going to hinge on whether Tua plays or not and if he's healthy if he is yeah. playing you know so well yeah because yeah because he had surgery for that high ankle sprain he's supposed to be out three weeks but yeah well knowing I mean, Saban off of he had the same surgery last year yeah. after the SEC championship mm-hmm. and played in the bowl game yeah yeah I was um, yeah I mean knowing Saban I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him out there with like duct tapes and popsicle sticks to to play yeah so like yeah, I'm I'm not surprised, and and I do think that Saban is a lot more worried about LSU than Auburn, for sure. Yeah, I mean, because when you get down to it, LSU Alabama is going to be the SEC title game because who either of them wins, they're going to run through whoever comes mm-hmm. out of the East. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the East is essentially they're sacrificial lambs. Um, Florida is so much is is better than they have been, but. You know they're still not on the level um, of LSU and Alabama, and then you've got as proven last week. Yeah, and then you've got then you've got Georgia, who's just looked like you know a bag of dicks. Um, you know the last three or four weeks, like they can't score, they're not playing the, the the really staunch defense that they have. You know, so I mean it's uh, you know if LSU can just keep that good, you know, playing the good football that they have been all season. So far, you know, that Alabama-LSU game is going to be the SEC title game. Pretty much, yeah. Well, and it helps, too, that, you know, Auburn is coming to Baton Rouge for it. So, that's going to help yeah. as well. So. so, we'll see. Well, it looks like we're all on the same page for yeah. college football this week. So, yeah. we're either going to go 3-0 and or 0-3. Yeah, I like my chances this week, you know. Our last bit of news is... Is more local. Um, the Marksmen kicked off their season this past weekend Woo! with a win on the road against Macon in overtime. Um, alternate captain Travis Jeek scored a pair of goals to give the Marksmen two points in the season opener. Uh, the following night, the Marksmen opened home play, hosting Knoxville, dropping the game here in Fayetteville to the Ice Bears uh, 4-3 in overtime. Uh, the Knoxville Ice Bears. You have to love minor league hockey. Yeah. They, they have managed to take three points out of the first two games and are sitting at the top of the SPHL so far. Um, this weekend, both games are on the road. They play Friday in Knoxville and Saturday in Roanoke. Yeah. Um, they don't return home until November 1st when they host 
two home games against the Pensacola Ice Flyers. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Is I'm... there any ice in Pensacola? <laughs> Ma- I don't in, know. I don't know. Maybe in the ice cream. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> November first is going to be their Halloween and hockey night with in arena trick or treating. Oh, that'll be cool. And November second is going to be the Fayetteville Woodpeckers night. So Bunker's going to be there, and and they're wearing a uh, Woodpeckers themed jerseys. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's really cool to see these minor league teams kind of playing off each other, and um, it's good that they do. Uh, like having that kind of mutual support is always good. I think I may try to schedule depending to get to that Woodpeckers uh, night. Um, you guys are welcome to join me. Well, it depends on what I got going on, but I'm going to try and get to a couple games this year. Um, it's just this uh, – we, we're kicking off our basketball season in Pembroke and our wrestling season, and then uh, – Do gonna they get, play any home games? Uh, basketball does. Uh, wrestling they do. So because they do have a gym they could use and just throw mats down. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm going to get out uh, next Friday heading to Greensboro to cover Vic and the UNCP swim team. So, um, Awesome. She was a great guest. Yes, she's fucking amazing. Uh, probably one of the smartest people I've ever met and one of the hardest per- uh, hardest working people I've ever met. Um, and she's got a good Twitter follow like feed. So if, you're, if you want to follow, I, I highly recommend her. Um, but uh, out and about, I found us another little local athlete, uh, guy named... Uh, Manny, his son plays for Methodist, so I told him, "Hey, you can come out and talk to us about Division Three football and uh, you know what it's like to to be a collegiate football player and, and all that." So hopefully we can get that lined up. But he's uh, got a ton of classes too. He's a freshman, so. And if you are a uh, college level athlete here in Fayetteville, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on. Do definitely, yeah. We need to, and, and, and not just football, but like if you are a collegiate uh, badminton player, let us know. You know, come on down and, and tell us about it. Um, so I mean, it's the we we want to get your guys' voice out there and, and and you know get you some FaceTime with everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll bring tonight's episode to a close. No, it does not. No, it does not. Mm -mm. No, No? I've got to interrupt you because um, I have our first kind of listener complaint. No way. Oh, yeah. Somebody doesn't like us. Um, Somebody took great umbrage to something that was said in a podcast a couple weeks ago. Was it James? I'm not saying names. (laughs) They shall remain. They shall remain anonymous. Um, Okay. uh, But uh, this listener took... James. I'm not... (laughs) uh, Was it Ohio State transfer Joe Burrow? No, it was not. And yes, it was James. Um, He he was not happy with what you said about Sergeant Slaughter, Mac, sir. (laughs) (laughs) So... I feel the need to enlighten you with five facts about Sergeant Slaughter. That okay. I need you to sit sit on for a while, okay, and think about what okay. you said. Uh, <laughs> he started his career in 1972. Uh, he headlined WrestleMania seven in 1991, which is uh, regarded to many wrestling fans as uh, one of the most patriotic angles in wrestling history when he uh, wrestled uh, Hulk Hogan 
And that was the Iraqi sympathizer angle. Yes, I, I remember that. Uh-huh. Uh, he was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2004. Uh, he was the first man to ever have the catchphrase, suck it, used on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, he is one of only 12 real people to ever be turned into a G.I. Joe action figure. Uh, I, Refrigerator Perry was another one. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, I don't even remember what I said about old Sergeant Slaughter, but whoever took umbrage with it, thank you for allowing Heather to enlighten me on, on the, the positive merits yeah. of, of I one Sergeant you Slaughter. I believe you were saying something. He was like a decrepit old man and had no oh, business like being out on the ice or whatever. So yeah, anyways, you will not besmirch Sergeant Slaughter's reputation like that, sir. Uh, except that I will, because he is certainly no rock, all right? He's not He's not the rock. No, he's not. Well, You're right. Well, with that, that will bring tonight's episode to a close. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hometown Crowd. You can also email us your questions at hometowncrowd at gmail.com. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That was awesome. That was was fucking great. (laughs) No, no, we are not done.